Imagine 40 years on the mats, training five, six days a week, and you're still able to do it with a smile on your face and a body that's working. In this next episode, we're gonna be sharing the amazing story of Master Danny Dring and how he's been able to accomplish such a profound feat. Danny, thank you so much for being on Inside the Fight with us today. I can't tell you how excited I am to have what I'm going to call an original gangster, uh, original badass uh, on, our, on our show today. Um, can you tell me uh, who you are and where you're from? Sure. Uh, my name's Danny Drang. I'm uh, the Grandmaster Instructor of Living Defense Martial Arts here in Sherwood, Arkansas. And uh, I was actually, originally I was born in Thunder Bay, Ontario in Canada. Uh, my father was in television and uh, moved from Canada to Green Bay, Wisconsin, where he worked for a TV station in Green Bay. So I'm a diehard Packer fan. Gotcha. And then uh, when I was about six years old, we moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. And so yeah, I've been here in central Arkansas my whole life. Ever since. Now, here's something that is one of the themes of the show that we're talking about is how few people accomplish and achieve their black belt in their martial arts journey. But here's something interesting about you. How many black belts do you hold, my friend? Uh, half a dozen. You own half. So you, I, you, you, <laughs> we're going to yeah, call it owning. I started in call Taekwondo. Um, I started in Taekwondo and I've achieved the rank of ninth degree black belt. And that's in our, our particular art, that art, I'm a grandmaster in Taekwondo. It's Sounds like I should be a rapper or something, right? That's probably the most pretentious rank there is in the martial arts. Right. Uh, but I think as an instructor, I refer to myself as a grandmaster instructor because I feel like that's a professional designation, right? You know, like a master electrician or a master carpenter. It, uh, I feel like it refers more to my status as an instructor. I have an eight degree black belt with Bill Superfoot Wallace. I've got a seventh degree black belt with Joe Lewis in kickboxing. So uh, Bill and Joe were my kickboxing mentors. I have a uh, seventh degree black belt in Japanese style of jiu-jitsu. I've got a fifth degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then also have uh, a black belt in shorinery. And then, you know, plus law enforcement, I'm a defensive tactics instructor for the Pulaski County Sheriff's Office. I've been a reserve deputy for over 30 years. And uh, so I get to I work the street and then, uh, um, the main thing I do, though, is teach defensive tactics to the uh, department. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And you and you sit on some boards as well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm the co-chair of the Arkansas Athletic Commission. Yep. And so uh, the Athletic Commission here in Arkansas is overall combative sports, boxing and boxing, you know, boxing, kickboxing, MMA. And so uh, I've spent uh, over 16 years uh, on that commission and so pretty active in the combat sport community. Right. Now, you've been around for a, a little bit. You've been on the mats for, uh, we could just say, a, a hot minute. What have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen in the martial arts and the fight sport arena, you know, throughout your career? So now it's so much easier uh, to learn BJJ in particular, um, but all martial arts in general. The, the access to information, just like... Um, you know, back in the day, to learn jiu-jitsu was really, really, really difficult. Right. Um, if you didn't have a Brazilian to uh, teach it to you, I, I actually was on the mat with Horian and Hoyce Gracie three years before the first UFC. 
So, I mean, nobody knew what, what jiu-jitsu was, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular. So it was Gracie jiu-jitsu, um, but, but it was very rare to find. Um, now you can go online and there's a wealth of information on every cell phone, right? I mean, it's so simple to, uh, you can Google and ask questions and get video and get tons of instruction. Back in the day, if you, it was the oral tradition. If you didn't have somebody in front of you right. talking to you, teaching you, you couldn't learn. And so the, the access to information is really a game changer. Yeah, it, it's changed tremendously. I mean, even in the last four years that I've been in the jujitsu world, uh, traveling to different academies, you know, sharing the message that, that we share, just in the last four years, it continues to explode. Cities where there would be one, maybe one school now have four or five or six schools. Um, parts of the country where maybe they weren't any uh, jujitsu academies in an entire state now have, you know, every city, you know, has one now. And it's just been the most amazing thing to watch. One of the themes that keeps coming up with so many of our black belts and, and our world champions is the jiu-jitsu family. Can you tell me what that means to you and, and how that plays out in your life and why that's so special? For sure. Um, you know, I, I guess as uh, one of the, not the, uh, definitely wasn't in the first wave, but I was pretty close to the first wave of black belts in America. When I first got my black belt, um, there, I was the first black belt here in the state of Arkansas. And, uh, it, and even then, it was a very community feel. You know, I remember when there was BJJ.org. It was a website that had every legitimate black belt in the world was on this website. Yeah. Now they, yeah. Can't, they couldn't keep up with the website like that because, right. uh, to your statement, there are tons and tons and tons of black belts. But there's been a real... Uh, family kind of feel to, to jujitsu. And it's because jujitsu is intimate. You know, you got people that are in your personal space trying to simulate murder on you. You know, <laughs> they're joking you and twisting you. And, and yet it develops a bond and a camaraderie that almost nothing else does. Right. Um, you're in and, and I don't care how good you get. Sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. And then, uh, as, uh, I like to refer to myself more as a mature martial artist as opposed to that vile three-letter word, old. Um, so, and it's, man, you know, getting on the mat with, with the younger black belt, young guys. And, and uh, it's, I, I believe there's a real humility that occurs right. when you're doing right. something like, uh, like jujitsu, regardless of how good, you, uh, how good you get or the technical knowledge. Yeah. So it's yeah. a shared experience. And it's something that, if you do jiu-jitsu in Washington State or in, you know, Maceo, Brazil or Little Rock, Arkansas, and those, those experiences are remarkably the same. And it gives, uh, I think it, it brings people together because they know exactly what you're going through when right. you say you do jiu-jitsu. 100%. Now, one of the very common things, aside from the love of jiu-jitsu that most practitioners share is injuries. Uh, and you've had a couple of those throughout your, you know, few decades on the mats. Can you talk about, you know, how injuries impact uh, athletes and fighters? Oh, for sure. You know, I tell people the the number one thing that gets people off of the mat is injury. Yeah. And uh, it's it's so uh, it's it's just part of the human condition, right? We all are going to uh, 
we're all going to suffer from an injury from time to time. In fact, I've had enough of them that I wrote a book. You know, it's available on Amazon, Google my name, you know, stay in the fight. Now, I, and I'm being serious. It's, it's something that we're all going to have to deal with. And the ones that stay on the mat are the ones that learn how to come back from injury. Right. They learn how to take care of themselves and uh, do the things they need to do to be able to get back out there and keep rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So what does it mean to have someone in your corner and someone for you like New Hope Regeneration that can help you accomplish those goals? Well, I'm telling you what, that it was, uh, it was huge for me personally. And having, uh, having had a, a most recently uh, surgery on my elbow and post, uh, post-op, um, I started looking around. I've, you know, uh, always been one to seek out what what's going to help me. You know, nutrition, hydration, rest, training methodologies, getting out there and getting after it, and uh, looking for the kind of therapeutic uh, things that I can do to get back on the map. And I was led, uh, I was led to New Hope, and it really was huge for me in a variety of ways, being able to get better sleep. Um, it was really important. Being able to help deal with inflammation was really important. And then being able to help speed the healing was really important. So I had that surgery, uh, on my elbow, December 29th. And then since surgery, uh, I went to Brazil, took a group of guys to Brazil to be able to train. I took, uh, I'm, I'm now training for masters worlds and, uh, working out two and three times a day. And, you know, most guys, my age aren't training two and three times a day. And, you know, some of it's active recovery, some of it's cardio, some of it's strength training. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm on the mat rolling and, and drilling. Right. So, uh, I mean, this is what I do for a living. So it, it, it helps out, but, Trust me, you know, it, it gets tougher every year that goes by. And yeah. without having uh, the therapeutic value that I've found from uh, stem cells and from New Hope, I just don't think I'd be able to do what I'm, what I'm doing right now based on the surgeries that I've had within the last, you know, eight months. Yeah, and it, it's been really fascinating, you know. Uh, I think you texted me about six weeks later. Uh, you, how many pull-ups did you do? You, you, sh- you shot well, me a message and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, is I this started, okay for a workout? Yeah. Um, so pre-surgery, I was doing well over 100. Um, and then six weeks after, you know, when I started back doing pull-ups after surgery, I guess it was about six, eight weeks after surgery when I was cleared. And it was all I could do to do about 30. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was – and that was – over the course of a workout. Right. I mean, it was just, it was difficult. And then, uh, I got back on it and, uh, I know, uh, well, Tuesday I did 117 in just under 20 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we're not talking push-ups, We're talking pull-ups. Danny, how old are you? 61, 61 doing yeah. 117 pull-ups. Uh, that's no joke. Uh, all of our cameramen are around the room right now are looking at me like, uh, Oh my gosh. Um, so what would you say to other athletes or maybe even non-athletes, uh, about, you know, seeking out new hope to help them with their health challenges? Well, it's pretty easy. You know, it's what's important to you in, in your training. And, uh, for me, 
uh, it's a no brainer because anything that can give me an, an anything that can give me a competitive edge, right? Anything that's going to let me stay on the mat and continue to earn my living and do what I love to do uh, is worthy, you know, is worth it to me. I mean, it's worthy of investigation. And when you look at the process that New Hope does, you know, the way uh, the stem cells are, are sourced was really important to me. The, uh, the attitude of the company was really important to me. The, uh, the fact that uh, it gives me an opportunity to continue to do what I love to do means the world to me. And so when you're looking at things like inflammation and uh, improved rest and improved healing, and those are, uh, those are huge issues, especially for the, uh, for the athlete. And as an aging athlete, it's really important, right? Yeah. So um, it's been amazing to me to be able to get out. And I mean, I'm, I'm training and teaching and maintaining a schedule. You know, I, I was in the gym this morning at 6.30 drilling jujitsu. And then I was back in the gym at uh, 8.30 doing a weighted pull-ups uh, and worked out for an hour and a half. And then I was back at noon to do another private lesson. And then I did another private lesson late this afternoon, just prior to getting on this. And then I've got a couple hours of classes I'm going to be teaching this evening. Right. Most guys my age are not running that kind of a schedule. And uh, so, I mean, you know, I watch everything. I watch my diet. I watch my hydration. I've, you know, I've got to get my rest. But that my ACE uh, this last year has been that stem cell uh, therapy. And uh, I'm so uh, I'm so grateful to uh, have been able to to uh, have that and to be able to share my story with others because it's it was 100 percent worth it for me. And uh, I plan to make that an annual part of my self-care regime. You know, we only this. Life isn't a dress rehearsal. We got one life. Amen. And uh, I plan on making the very much the most of it. And uh, I know that new hope and stem cell therapy is going to allow me to, uh, you know, stay actively engaged in the process of living. Fantastic. Well, Danny, I can't thank you enough for being on our show today. Your passion, your journey, your leadership in the martial arts community and the community as a whole. You're one of the most respected figures, you know, that that I know that I've, I've and we become, you know, good friends over the course of this last year and just grateful for you beyond measure and and just keep doing what you're doing. We need more men like you showing us by example what's possible. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And, the, you know, New Hope is really an apt uh, term for your company and for what you're able to do for everybody, Kevin. Thank you so much for your kind words. And I feel really blessed to be a part of this team. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of Inside the Fight. And to learn more about how you can change your life the way that Master Danny Drang did, go to InsideTheFight.net right now and we'll see you on the next episode of Inside the Fight.